Hi, welcome to 10 Minute EdTech. This episode is on using video in education. We've been using video in ed education here since 2008 when we did a State of Ohio blended learning grant initiative in 2008 uh, through 11. Um, and we learned that video is really paramount to getting instructions to students when doing blended learning. We also found out that although we initially thought, hey, we'll find videos out there to use, that that doesn't work. There's no video for every lesson that you're gonna do throughout the year in your classroom. So we learned that we had to start making our own. There's a lot of different blended learning models, but all of them include instruction. And we found that the best way to provide that instruction was for us to do the videos of us teaching our lessons for students. Now initially we did what would be considered traditional screencasting, which is capturing your audio with whatever you've got on your digital whiteboard, your computer screen, however you're instructing uh, in your classroom. But what we found over time is that if a student is online all the time, like what happened in the spring of 2020 into many schools and, and 2020 and 2021, if all they get is a screen with no person, we lose that connection with our students. And so adding yourself to those videos is really paramount to making a connection with your students. If you have any one in your household that uh, is under the age of 18, they probably have some YouTuber that they've made a connection with, that they watch on a recurring basis and they think they know. And it's the same thing for us when we instruct. If they see us talking to them, instructing to them, they view us as a teacher, just like they would before. But if they see just a screen with letters being written, with things popping up, without seeing us, it's not the same thing as it was before. So we think we should record our classes, and we think you should be in it. Now, that's a big step for a lot of people, and some people just want to be recording the class, and I'm gonna talk about here why we think we should record our classes. So the first reason we think you should record your class is obvious. It's for the student that misses class. But on this slide it says misses both physically and virtually. We've got kids that are ADD, ADHD, and maybe we instruct too long. Uh, we know research says that if we instruct over 20 minutes, no one can keep their attention that long. And so if we do a 25-minute lecture or a 30-minute lecture, at some point, we have personally made them leave the lecture. We have gone so far that they can't keep the attention with us. So I said, if we record our classes, we can have it for the student that misses both virtu virtually and physically for that part of the lecture they missed, that part of the instruction that they phased out on, they dozed out on, uh, will allow them to... Um, catch up with us. So when we teach, we try to teach to the absent child. We make sure that we include things on our screen as we're talking that they'll be able to visually see that corresponds with what we're saying at the same time. We also like to record for students that need remediation. If a student is having a problem in your class and they can go back even if they were there, re-listen to what you said, re-see what you said, see that problem that you work through, and, and in this case we talk about the need for possibly doing different problems at different periods so they can see different examples. Uh, they can review it at their own pace anytime 
And if it's on a good publishing site like YouTube, they can do it from almost anywhere on any device as well. So it's great for students that need remediation. Also, if parents know what's going on in the classroom, they have a better chance of helping support their student. I realize that most parents probably can't watch a calculus class and help out with that. But that's the misnomer. There's lots of other classes that can at different grade levels, and, and we don't know what the educational level of all of our parents are. Maybe they can, maybe they can't, but they definitely can if they don't know what's going on in your classroom. And I already said, if we use different examples throughout the day, they can view those different examples, and it gives them one more chance of getting our content. We can use those videos for blended learning activities in the future. Uh, when we first started doing the blended learning grant, our emphasis was on recording this year to use next year. You don't have to go and record every single class you teach so that you can do blended learning. If you record them all this year, then next year you'll be able to do blended learning activities without making any additional recordings and doing much extra in order to get that done. You, in effect, build your own video repository uh, throughout the year. And the last thing is, I truly believe that it makes you a better teacher. If you know you're going to be recorded, uh, you're going to do that much more to prepare for your lesson. So what do we do with the re these recordings when we have them done? The first thing is the easiest thing. Post them to your class calendar, whether that's a Google calendar or whether you have a full LMS. Uh, it doesn't matter. If you put it a link to it on your calendar, students can easily see that's what we did that day. Uh, I title mine so it says the subject as well, uh, but they're really easy to find for students. It allows them to easily access them for that review. If you have a class website, whether it's a full LMS or you make a Google site, if you post your videos, and I recommend posting, posting them with online text that's related to it. So if you had a reading that went along with that discussion, I would post them together. It allows those students that have 504s and IEPs or identified or unidentified as being a, a reader that's behind to use screen readers to make it more accessible to them if the text is posted on a site along with the video. Uh, it makes it more UDL, Universal Design for Learning, and it makes it uh, more uh, consumable by your students. And I already said this, by having that video, you could use it for any blended learning activity that you have access to uh, at your school. If you've got a full LMS, there's probably a ton. Ours has 22 different activities that you can have uh, students do. And of those different kinds of activities, you can always post video instruction in it as you go. Uh, and it's your instruction, it's not someone else's, so you know it hits your standards the way you wanted them to be hit. So recording your own and using those recordings in your class can be a huge benefit uh, to you. I just mentioned UDL and I wanna say one more thing about it. Uh, if you design your class uh, as a universal design for learning class and you look at the different methods that students can consume material in your class, of the five different methods to consume, you've got printed, digital, audio, images, and video. Four of those are things that you do online. Only one of them is something that you send a textbook home for. So by doing the video and adding your text to your website, you've just added video. 
you've just added images, you've just added um, audio, and you've added digital text all together to make your class uh, more UDL compliant, giving your students more of a chance to succeed in your class. Well, that's it. I think uh, video in the classroom is really important. You recording you and making your lessons available to students anytime, any place to review the instruction you gave them is one of the best things we can do for students in education today. Thanks for joining us and see you next time.